Hello, comic creators. Welcome to this week's episode of the Commerce Connection podcast, where we talk about the business and creative aspects of being a comic book profession. I'm Gamal Hennessy. With me is Andy Schmidt. And we have two major stories to talk about today. Andy, first thing that we're going to talk about is a story that came out last week in The Hollywood Reporter um, about uh, Mr. Maisel and his new endeavor to kind of start a connected movie universe based on, I believe it's Michael Turner's um, Fathom characters that he did during his image run prior to his untimely death. Um, we have a lot of conversation in the Discord and in like the Q&As that we do for Commerce Connection every week about um, connected universes, but I wanna actually get your take on what, the, what your feeling is on starting off right out of the gate by announcing that you're going to have a connected universe, not so much in film, this is not a film podcast, but for comics themselves. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'm reading the room wrong, but yeah, I think there usually I hear a groan. Like, uh, another person trying this again, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's hard enough to get people to care about one character and one story. Like, but to try and just like be like, you're going to care about these because they're all interconnected. Like, that's not why people care about them. Mm -hmm. Right. So it, it's just, you know, it's classic cart before the horse, you know, to me. Like, if you, if you can get five characters that people love um, and are really invested in, and then they'll follow them to other series or to a crossover or something like that, and you can build, then you build a shared universe organically. You can have that in the back of your head. That's fine. But good gosh, don't come at me with it's a shared universe. Like that, that's one of the easiest ways to get me disinterested in what you're trying mm -hmm. to do because you're not talking about character. Mm -hmm. You pay some lip service to character and they're you're like, well, we've got these great characters and they'll be awesome together. Like, come on, just stop. <laughs> so tell us how you really feel. I mean, don't but, why so, you. <laughs> so I have a question because I read that article and I don't think Fathom is a part of this or Soulfire. They're both mentioned as characters Michael Turner created, but they're not in any of the art that I see unless there was a, a, a major redesign I was unaware of. Mm -hmm. You know, so I don't, I'm not even sure that his popular characters are even in here. Well, um, that I do not know. I do not know what the structure of the deal is or when they say shared universe, who those characters are. But um, what we actually like to, and I don't, I don't want to say preach because that is, that is too strong a word and it is out of content. But what I constantly remind people, and I think you do the exact same thing, is you have to, especially if you're a brand new creator, a brand new writer, artist, whatever, you have to actually get good at five pages. You have to get to the point where you can convey ideas in an interesting way with sequential art in five pages. It's not a connected anything. And then once you, you're good at that, because you're not going to be good at that the first time, 
then try to make 22 pages. You've got one comic. And then if you can actually get enough sales, get enough interest, get enough momentum in that first issue, then make another issue. And then you'll have a series. And at a certain point, you can start to add to it. You can focus on you know, secondary characters people like and then spin off and do all those other things. But the idea, my cynical take on it is, the idea of I'm starting a connected universe is a perfect statement for investors in your company. Because investors in your company are not necessarily interested in one good comic or one good movie. What they're interested in is getting return on an investment on a billion dollar franchise. So when you say, I'm building a connected universe, what you're really trying to tell them is, I will also have 20 movies that will make a billion dollars each and sell God levels of like merchandise. Yeah, so you're not- the problem is, the problem when you, when you, this article goes on the Hollywood Report, where investor type people will see it, granted, yeah. the problem is the rest of us see it too, right? And, mm-hmm. I, and this, this whole article that's in the Hollywood Reporter it is definitely for investors. Uh, mm-hmm. But but yeah, I mean, just as a as a person who has seen so many people try and fail at this, um, this sounds wrongheaded. Like just from the get go. Now, but you're right, though. Investors would be like, "Great, shared universe, Marvel money." But look, if DC couldn't do this properly mm-hmm. with a shared universe baked into their DNA and people actually wanting to see Batman and Superman team up and Wonder Woman team up on film and they still couldn't quite get it to work mm-hmm. and are still kind of on the struggle bus a little bit. Yes. Then taking a bunch of characters that for the most part nobody's heard of and trying to do the same thing, like I mean your your back's against the wall just from the from the get-go, right? And how many franchises that we see now that start as one thing, and then they're like, but now we've got this cool character that we introduced. We're going to spin them off into a thing. We're going to explore this thing over here. And even that usually doesn't work. Yes. I mean, I know that the the John Wick franchise had did it in a more organic and better way. You have one movie that's successful. You have another movie that's successful. And then after like the third or fourth movie, then you start talking about, oh, this TV series on Peacock and this spinoff character movie and that. And that has makes more sense because now you're not, you didn't lead with Connected Universe. You led with somebody got, somebody killed his dog, which is a story. Well, at least the beginning of a story. Right. Whereas if you look at what they tried to do with Tom Cruise's Mummy, what they tried to do with Godzilla, King Kong, what I have at least at any given point, two or three clients will come to me saying, I'm planning to launch a shared universe. And I don't want to shoot down their dreams, but how about you make a good comic first? How about you figure out how the business works first before you decide you're going all the way to connected universe? We sound, we sound like grumpy old men, you know that. I tend to agree. Um, yeah, I, well, yeah, I mean, it is, it's learn how to crawl, then learn how to walk, then learn how to run, then learn how to inspire everyone else to run with you. 
right? I mean, and then and then get all of them over a marathon. Like that's what you're that's what this is. And you're going, I'm gonna start by getting 50 people to run this marathon in record time. Right. Right. That's your first that's your first thing out of the gate. Mm-hmm. And that's it's a big ask. And I and I legitimately don't think people are interested. Like I do not think that superhero fans, like I just don't I think we've heard it too many times and seen it fail too many times. We've seen it work once. One time. Like even Star Wars, which prior to Marvel was like the biggest thing ever, struggles with spin-offs. You know, the direct sequels, they do well, right? Or the direct prequels do well financially, mm-hmm. maybe not creatively at all times, but um, but even, you know, you know, even the Disney Plus shows are they're they've got a couple that hit, they've got some that really didn't. So it's and you're and you're leading with Star Wars. There are millions of Star Wars fans. Mm-hmm. There are zero fans of this. Well, it's probably not zero. Probably okay. not zero. There are tens of fans. <laughs> Look, and Michael Turner himself has probably has more fans than these characters have. Yes. Right. Um, Mike was a was a real talent and a really nice guy. I met him several times and, you know, really was great with fans and he had a unique style that that really appealed to a lot of people. So he's got fans. So you start using his name and I think there's some interest there. But again, you're talking about in comics, big deal. Yeah. Out in the world, not so much a big deal. I don't know. It just seems, yeah. I mean, we you know, you talked about The Mummy with Tom Cruise, which was supposed to be the start of the Dark Universal, right? Mm-hmm. But a few years prior to that, Dracula Untold was also supposed to be the start of a creature shared universe thing. Like, they tried it a couple of times. And finally, Universal was like, all right, forget it. And they made the Invisible Man remake. That was pretty solid. It was a solid mm-hmm. horror movie. Mm-hmm. But by then they'd already given up on the experiment because they've been burned twice. So basically what we're saying is conceive of your shared universe, plan for your shared universe, but make a good comic and announce good comic. Not the whole thing. Because you're not, you don't have the whole thing. Um, Which actually segues nicely into our second topic. Um, Last night, we had on our expert interview, we had Charlie Stickney, who is who has built a successful comic book publishing business from Kickstarter and crowdfund. One of the things that we were talking about is the idea of how do you manage time if you are writing the comics, overseeing the production of the artwork, you are handling the legal, the accounting, the printing, the shipping, the marketing, the advertising, and you know you have a family, and you have to go to conventions, and you have to you know handle shipping. How does that actually work in terms of getting things done on time? Now, I wanted to actually pose the same question to you because, as the publisher of CEX, and as a comic book writer, and as the proprietor of ONS. And I know there's another business in there. I think it's a distribution business that I don't even remember the name of at this point. 
how do you actually manage your time knowing that you also have a family? Well, um, it helps to subscribe to the theory that uh, raising children and letting them figure it out on their own uh, so you never have to interact with them. That's that's step one. <laughs> okay. Uh, actually, when, when you said this was going to be the topic, I was actually hoping you were just going to explain it to me and I would sit there and scribble <laughs> and be like, oh, okay, this is how I do it. Um, yeah, it's um, it's really difficult. Um, the, so what you do is, or what I do anyway, is I make a list of priorities. Mm -hmm. um, and then I do my absolute best to stick to it because if you try to make everything a priority, you go completely insane and you mess up the stuff that's really important to you. So for me, I make my time kind of after work, my evenings um, and my weekends, that's like, that's family time, right? Mm -hmm. and, I, and, it, and very rarely do I let work infringe upon that. You know, if I'm teaching a class like that gets taught at night, like that's fine. That's once a week. It's planned for. It's it, it gets worked into the flow. Um, but there are very few. There are a lot of things that feel like emergencies when you first hear about them, or they, they get you angry and you want to deal with it right away, and you just you learn like, no, it's, it's like this came in at six thirty p.m. Like if I start to deal with this, it's four hours, right? And you just can't do that. Um, mm -hmm. If it's a real emergency. Like if literally, you know, the printing press is on fire, yeah, okay, I go do it. But that's really quite rare that I have anything that I have to do right then. Um, so once you kind of make your priorities, um, then it then it becomes a matter of managing, you know, what you can actually get done in a day and kind of knowing what goes to the next day, like what's going to get kicked off. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and the other thing that I do is I will set time limits for myself. Like uh, I've got these, I've got this task. It's going to take some time. I give myself 45 minutes to get it done. And just by doing that, I, my brain starts to automatically start thinking about how to get this done in 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's another trick that comes in pretty handy. Um, but the truth is there's a lot that doesn't, that doesn't get done, you know? And in my case, I work with a lot of other people. So I'm not trying to do it all myself. Um, I have to depend on people. So the important thing there is making sure you're working with good people who are good at what they do, but also reliable ones. Otherwise your day, you don't get to focus on things that you're doing so much as focusing on trying to check in with people all the time and make sure that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. And right. That doesn't really interest me for one thing. Mm -hmm. But it's uh it's not easy, you know. I mean, but but I'd be lying if I said it was just me trying to do these things. I have an assistant. My wife runs about ninety percent of the printing business at this point by herself, and she's awesome at it. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, so you know, and then there then we've got other people working at CEX. There are other people working in Commons Experience. So yeah, as it grows, you got to bring in more people to get it all done. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I know that we're actually talking internally in Comics Connection about bringing in people to actually scale up that part of the business. But the only things, there's only two things that I can actually recommend to anybody who is trying to deal with time management. And this is not really, this is not really specifically related to comics. This is more related to just like life because we all have to like manage time. 
And it is that I also have a list of things to get done. But what I always do when I get something new that has to be done, I set a date to that thing and I set a time on that during that day when it will get done. Because if I just have a list of things, it's just going to be a list of things that don't get done. So, Andy, there's been a couple of times we've been in Zooms where you've been looking at my calendar instead of the agenda and you've seen like there's eight colors and there's like all kinds of things happening at the same time. That's the only way th anything gets done because every half an hour, 45 minutes, my phone goes off and says, you have to do this thing in 30 minutes. So whatever you're doing now, figure it out because there's a new thing starting. Um, and the other thing that I do is if I know something takes half an hour, I build in an hour in the schedule to do it because something is going to go wrong. The Zoom's not going to work or something's going to crash. You build in an hour into everything that takes 30 minutes. You're never, you're never back on your heels. You're never running against the clock. If I schedule something that I know will take 15 minutes and I schedule it for 15 minutes, it will invariably take an hour. And now I'm, the whole day is screwed and now I'm mad and now things are not getting done. And the other thing is in setting a day and a time to everything, you have to actually remember what your recurring things are, like things that happen every week or things that happen every two weeks or a month. And that has to go in the schedule too so that when new things pop up, you have to meet this person, you have to do this thing, you have to take care of this project. You already know where you don't have time to do it. There's already a thing there. So, and this, the last thing is once you actually look and see you have too many things or you have about enough things that you can do, don't do more things. Like if you know that you're trying to publish a comic book on your own and build that company, don't try to make a connected universe out of it. And now you got to make like 15 more books that you don't have the capacity to make. See what I did there? I did. I did. Yeah, 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 yeah. I kind of like just brought it all home. So, um, so, does so what I do is a little bit different, though. I have a list, and I and I will move things up and down on the list in terms of priority. Mm -hmm. And then I have such and such time, and I just start working on. It. I I go down the list now, and then I have other things that are scheduled, like calls, like this or whatever are scheduled. And so, like, I just get done what I can done, can get done, and my assistant Joanne and I try to make sure I don't have like too many calls on any day that I don't, I'm not able to get any work done. Like, mm -hmm. like today, I've got two more after this one that are probably going to be about an hour each. And it's probably not a lot much, a lot more work, you know, like at my desk work getting done. I'll just be mm -hmm. doing meetings. And those meetings will get things done, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now there's this, the, the techniques that we're talking about are not like overly complex and so they don't acquire a lot of require a lot of technology but there are apps out there like monday like um there's a lot of project management apps especially if you're working with other people and you're trying to coordinate tasks and schedules and milestones and things like that that you should definitely look into but if you don't can't manage your own time it is going to be almost impossible to manage other people's time to the point where you actually have a machine that looks good and in that case, there's no way you're going to be able to have a connected universe. Yeah. Yeah, right. and I've tried a lot of those different apps, and they're not, thus far, they haven't been for me, but uh, a lot of people love them. 
Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, I think when you're when you've got to to the point that someone like you and I have got, we already have a system to bring in those kind of apps means learning the system, teaching the system to everyone else, and then remembering to use the system. Otherwise, the system doesn't work. And I don't have time to do all that because I already have the calendar's already full. I don't have time to. to I've to, seen it. It's very full. Exactly to learn a new system. I can't. I'm not that smart. I can't do it. So. That is going to um, wrap up this episode of the Comics Connection podcast. In the show notes, there's going to be information about joining all of the classes that Andy is providing in Comics Experience Workshop. And there will also be information on joining Comics Connection itself if you want to be part of our um, live classes, our Discord and get a free copy of the business of independent comic book publishing. So, Andy, thanks again for everything. And everybody else, until next time, have fun with your comics.